Hello and welcome to another episode of Sweetlit, the most comprehensive B2B outreach podcast out there. As you know by now, we have the pleasure of having Dancho, business founder and CEO and certified management consultant, and Natasha, business outreach CEO, as our guests. Uh, well, in the previous episode, we uh, discussed all the in and outs of properly planning an outreach campaign. Now we can talk about a bit more about uh, how to execute uh, the outreach campaign. So I think there's no better than Natasha to tell us a bit more about this. Uh, yeah, of course. So after the planning stage, the outcome of it uh, that we have is the target audience, the profile, which is optimized, uh, and all of the optimization suggestions are implemented, and uh, the message sequence. So the next step is to begin with or launch the campaign. Um, of course, the first step is to uh, either use the LinkedIn filters as a source of contacts that we're going to approach or the database that we have previously built. And um, then we start sending invitations to those people. So our first um, step is uh, the LinkedIn part of the campaign. So we uh, start sending the invites to, to the people on LinkedIn first. And this can be done in two ways. So the first one is the automated or the other one is the manual way. Uh, in the case of the automated way, we of course use an automation tool. Then we just upload the, the database of people or we attach the LinkedIn sales navigator link to the automation tool. And uh, then we start sending the invite. Uh, and uh, if the prospects accept the invite, then uh, the sequence starts to to be sent to them. Uh, if the prospects reply, then of course the manual conversation continues until we uh, push them towards a call. Uh, so that's with the semi-automated way, while with the manual way, we start sending the, the invitations manually. Uh, and in every case where there is a possibility to add some personalization, we uh, are using that as a um, hook to try to attract the prospects to accept our invite. Uh, we all also try to like some of their posts if, if there is something relevant or we uh, comment on some of the, the posts if, if, of course, there is something relevant to comment on. So uh, those are the first beginning steps of the campaign. So, uh, as I said, once the prospects are accepting our invite, then the message sequence starts to go. And uh, if the prospects respond to any of the messages of the sequence, then the nurturing specialist has to uh, start to build a relationship, uh, get into communication with the prospects and try to overcome the obstacles that they have until they uh, assure the, the prospect that uh, that is the right solution for them and the prospect to come to a call. Uh, so it's a long process, although sometimes it can take just one message and <laughs> the prospect to be interested to jump on a call immediately. That's the ideal case scenario. But uh, there are some cases where the conversation lasts for days, for weeks, and we exchange a lot of messages before we build the whole re relationship. They start to think that this is the right solution for them, and then they they went to the call. So it's a complex process, and uh, it lasts uh, for a long time yeah actually it's a non-going because yeah the, yeah actually that was my point is maybe the first few months is setting up the, the right kpis but then it's an ongoing base where you know on a monthly basis how many invitation what's the average response what's the average acceptance rate what's the average response rate what's the average meeting rate and 
what what I find it interesting with the execution part is that if you did a proper planning part, the execution has a lot of sense because you need a database. Well, if you already have built it, you're a step closer. You need to know your target audience. If you already plan it, you know it. You need some messages. Well, during the planning stage, we've covered the, the message creation and the profile optimization. So now the execution is connecting all the dots into a meaningful campaign and actually looking at the feedback. We are getting back to the feedback on the market. Are they accepting you? Are they responding to your campaign? Uh, are there any tweaks necessary in, in that regard? And yeah, there are, again, a lot of steps and there are some tools involved here for some of the clients. And for me, I really like the manual outreach because it adds some, I don't know, additional layer of, of personalization. Uh, as Natasha mentioned, that when we set up the automation, it gives some degree of personalization. I mean, high name where name is a variable that can be automatically change but when you're doing the manual and you can just check out their profile and they get like a i don't know promoted or or job anniversary or they've just uh, published a blog about something or just received a reward it's really nice to to use it into the invitation it's like congratulations on on your award or on your promotion or something or i read your blog about xyz and i want to connect with you in in my belief, in, in my opinion, it really adds that, that additional layer of personalization over the, the total results of, of the campaign. Mm -hmm. So if someone has done the planning stage right, then the execution uh, will be smooth sailing and the most effort extensive part is actually the handling of the responses and how to get the prospect to the wanted meeting. Um, well, yeah, that's, uh, actually when, after you launch the campaign, the, the main focus is uh, on the nurturing and to getting the prospects towards a goal. So, uh, as Dancho previously mentioned, it requires a lot of intellectual uh, work. So to find the right response to, to the prospects reply on the message and, uh, it's like a chess game. So they say something, then you reply something back, but trying to predict what they will reply back to you so that uh, you will push them down towards the fun. So you always try to have the upper hand and try to lead the conversation uh, in the needed direction. And I assume that uh, you receive a lot of different responses, some positive, some negative. So how do you and how should uh, we handle them? Responses, it becomes an art here. It's, it's science partially, but now people should have the art of, of social conversating. Uh, with this conversation, it's not just an interview. You ask a question, they answer, and then you ask another question and they answer because that's not a relationship building. So. It's really an exchanging of information. So if you ask something, they respond and then you share your experience and then you ask a different questions and then they ask. It. So it is a, as a conversation. And I, I find it most exciting because on the one level for our clients is that during that conversation, we need to see whether they're relevant or not and bring them on a call. But it's also, we try to qualify them during that conversation is like, Ah, but do you actually do outreach? No, well, have you considered? And 
uh, would you be interested for us to tell you more? Or I uh, already have a team of five people that are doing outreach for you. Well, are you currently happy with the results that you're getting? So during that conversation, if it's well-crafted and planned, which is done in the planning stage, is really a, a, an intelligent way of discussing with another person and try to understand whether they have the pains, whether they have the problem that your solution can solve. And if they do, then you can continue bringing them toward the, the meeting. Because during this conversation, you might realize that they are not the right person for, for, for the service. Or maybe they need to refer you to a different position. Or maybe their company has already solved that problem. And this is why I said we don't want to make assumption on an individual level. Because on the ICP, on a general level, we have to make some assumptions. But once we engage into the conversation, there are no assumptions. We are just trying to, to talk with people and try to understand whether they have a problem or they don't. And if they have, whether we need to move them toward the meeting. And of course, we're going to get different responses. I mean, the, the worst response is, is silence when, when we don't get any response at all. Because that's the, the worst for us because that feedback is it's harder to interpret interpret because when they start positively responding it means that they are interested in hearing more and then it's just a normal conversation with two people and toward like well let's jump on a call so i can tell you a bit more or well i have a good idea of how i can help you let's jump on a call so i can just give you my insights so it's really smooth meeting scheduling on the other hand there are negative responses but Negative responses are better than silence because if you get a negative response, of course, depend on degree of negativity, but many times it's just obstacles. It's like, no, I'm not interested in this. We, just, we, we can do a simple follow-up, but why? And with the why, it opens up to a lot of obstacles or excuses or reasons why people believe that they are not interested in your solution or why they don't need it. And that's the market feedback that we're saying because then comes the art of selling. If you're able to, to overcome all the obstacles, you, you have a new client or you have a meeting. You've managed to achieve your goal. Uh, many times from all those obstacles, you're realizing what you're missing so that for the next client, you can prepare better or you can optimize the service because that's the feedback that, that we were discussing. And the neutral responses, which are usually the majority, it's not everybody just jumping, let's jump on a call but it's continuing with the conversation. And those are the ones that we need to further qualify and it's going to take some time, some time in terms of days, some time in terms of weeks. But those that are neutral, we continue the conversation until we get them to a point, either we disqualify them because we've realized that they are not relevant or down the road, they're saying that really they don't have a need of what you're selling or down the road, they're saying, well, you know what, actually, uh, Let's jump on a call so you can tell me a bit more on what you do. So even the neutral, we try to move them toward the positive or toward the negative in order to know where, where we stand with them. But that response handling, I think, is the most, for me, exciting part because then it comes the, the psychology of people. If they say this, how to respond, and if they say that, and if they're ignoring you, should I remind them? But how should I make it more soft reminder? Or like, have you read my message above, which is not really... A nice way to, to follow up but here it comes the art of, of words um also um again it depends on the client style uh, and what 
how they want us to perform sometimes because um, there are some clients who uh, want, if the prospect says that they are not interested, they still want to do some extra effort and um, give another try and another try uh, and try to convince the, the prospect that they should come on a call, while others, they don't want to touch those prospects anymore at all. So we stop the conversation there. They don't want to burn any more bridges. And again, how we handle those negative replies, especially it uh, sometimes depends on the client style and uh, how much further we can go with them. Yeah, how, whether the client to us to be more consistent and more pushy. And also here I got another thought that I wanted to, to share was that, well, with the people that engaged into the campaign, even if it doesn't succeed into a meeting with the positive red jump on a call, uh, you end up in a good note, in a good relationship, which connects with the upper part where we discussed about the, the networking and brand awareness. And we have cases where clients were after three months or after six months, we are creating a fifth message. It's like, let's follow up after three to six months. But then that message should really be purpose-driven message. It's not like how I reminded it. Re I just I just recalled about you. How are you? I mean, uh, usually the fifth message is, you know what? I'm actually doing a webinar on how you as my target audience can solve this X, Y, and Z problem. And then there is a purpose. I just thought of reaching out to you because I'm doing a webinar on this topic and I wanted to personally invite you. And it works really good because after three months or after six months, you are trying to revive the relationship and you know the webinar about what kind of problems to address because while discussing these three to six months with different prospects, you've heard a lot of obstacles and a lot of excuses, which you can then use those topics and just cover it over a webinar and think, well, these are the most common problems that this target audience has. And it's really useful because that's handling responses. Some of them are immediately ready to jump on a call. Some of them are not. And some require a bit longer relationship. And that relationship is not something that you can just plug and play. It takes some time. It takes some sharing on information. I mean, and creativity. Like, and creativity as well. But I've realized that when we've added the fifth message after a bit, it revived a lot of color, a lot of old leads because you're no longer a cold prospect and you exchange some positive messages with them. And now you're just inviting to an event that could benefit for them. So that was also a very nice way on how to revive. And then they come on the webinar and they like it. And then like, you know what, let's jump on a call so you can tell me how you can help me specifically, which is actually the, the, the goal of the outreach campaign. That's quite a lot about handling responses. Uh, but we, we mo we're mostly talking about LinkedIn that is the more chit chitty network and uh, you can have a long conversation, but, uh, we are also, uh, sometimes recommending, uh, multi-channel campaigns. So using both LinkedIn and email. So can they work in synergy and what is the best way to do that? Uh, well, yeah, of course, uh, when you go to different channels, you are increasing the chances that someone will reply to any of your messages or see some of your messages. So uh, how we are doing uh, this process is we start first with the LinkedIn, as we mentioned, and 
if the prospects don't uh, accept our invite or don't reply to any of our messages, then we give another try uh, through email. So that's how we synchronize them both. Uh, and of course, email is a little bit more more formal than LinkedIn. So the style of the messages there is different and the response handling over there is a little bit different because uh, on email, you don't do chit chatting or uh, weather talk or things like that. But uh, um, and the replies also from the prospects are different. So they reply more formally then you reply back more formally. So that's how the, the email uh, nurturing goes. Uh, but in our sequence is uh, the email is uh, like a follow-up to the LinkedIn because uh, as I said, we first start with the LinkedIn, then we continue with the email and we use few messages in the email as well uh, with some delay between them, of course. And we try give another try to the same uh, target group on email uh, besides the LinkedIn. Yeah, and also, uh, as we previously said, not everyone will accept your LinkedIn, so you won't have the opportunity to mention, uh, to message them. So then again, email is a great way to communicate with them directly. Yes, definitely. Some people are more active on LinkedIn, while others are more active on email. And even in some industries, people are uh, more using email rather than LinkedIn and vice versa. So it's good to have uh, that multi-channel campaign when you try in both ways and see uh, which one will work better for those prospects. Perfect. So I think that we we provided our listeners with a lot to think about. And of course, if they want to dive into all the specifics about how the exe- execution stage can look for them, uh, they, then they should definitely buy Dancho's uh, book Sweet Leads. Uh, and they can do that on danchodimkov.com. And if they want to listen uh, more from us uh, and how they should optimize uh, their campaign best, then they should definitely tune into the next episode. And in the meantime, it's goodbye from us. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.